What's up, gang? Welcome back to another episode of Cash Pineapples. Missed last week, I think. I mean, yeah, we did. It was busy. It's been a last busy last couple of last couple of weeks. Went out west. I know I said how many times I stand here, I'm gonna trade every day. I think I traded three days in a couple of weeks, but hey, it was a great trip out west in LA. I did still get to see not the gang, but part of the gang. Saw Keanu trades a couple of times. When I first got out there, let's turn off these text messages. All right, six server thing is coming in through this microphone. All right, everything should be good. Hopefully this all records okay. Haven't used this in, again, a couple of weeks. But back in Michigan for literally two days, flying out again tomorrow to Daytona Beach, Florida, baby. Gonna get some pub subs. Gonna go to Publix. Maybe not tomorrow night, because I don't think I land in time. But definitely gonna get some pub subs tonight. I was in New York last weekend upstate new york and i went to wegmans i think the name of the place was and they had a deli that reminded me of reminded me of Publix, but it wasn't as good the guy that made the sandwich was like it's no it's like when you make the sandwich and you follow all the rules you have the guy that like measures out like no it's supposed to have three ounces of cheese and six ounces of meat and a little bit of that guy that's who made my sandwich it was huge it was i mean massive it's a $14 sandwich, which is a bargain for how big it was if it had the right, you know, had some guy that hooked it up. But it wasn't. It was a guy that was like a little, a little too by the book. Don't appreciate it, Wegmans. I think it's what it's called. Check me on that upstate New York people. I was up by, Sy- well, flew into Syracuse. It's the Watkins Glen area. Beautiful area. Holy shit. Never been up there. Everything was gorgeous. Insanely beautiful. Insanely beautiful. You'll see, I went on the hike. You'll see the pic- you see the pictures on my Instagram. Awesome. Had some decent barbecue. It wasn't amazing, but it was it was good. You know, it's hard when I, I dude, I go to all the, the, the barbecue states all the time. You know, <clears throat> Kansas City, Memphis, well, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina, Texas. Texas is the best. Texas is the best for barbecue. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Don't mess with Texas when it comes to barbecue. And don't challenge me on the Mexican food, Texan people. California's got the Mexican food down, all right? California's got the Mexican food. Not Texas. Tex-Mex, get out of here. Mole, you're putting chocolate on, get out of here. What's wrong with you? How dare you? <laughs> this, hey, there's some legit taco spot, spots in Dallas, but I'm sure Austin's got some shit. Never been to Austin, but I'm sure there's some annoying person that'll be like, oh, man, this is the best place ever. Sure. But uh, across the board, California's got it. All right, especially with burritos. No one's come close on the burritos. That was the, one of the first things I got as soon as I landed. I booked my Uber, got it, uh, and made sure it stopped by Tacos El Gavilan on the way. And the Uber driver knew exactly where I was going. He was a local. He was like, "Oh yeah, this place used to be a taco truck." She's now it's like you know he was telling me the history of it. Started in East LA, you know, legit. He was Mexican and he respected my choice. All right, I know what I'm doing. All right, I know what I'm doing. It's my point. Um. Had Mexican food with Keanu as well. Went to El Compadre on Sunset Boulevard, if you're familiar. It's kind of like a sceny place. It's like a, it's a good place for combination plates. Like the old school, like combination, you know, just classic Mexican food, combination plates. Got the chile relleno a la carte, obviously. I love chile rellenos. Never had one until I moved to California. If you've never had one, get it. It's a California pepper, Anaheim poblano pepper, deep fried and covered in, you know, stuffed with cheese and deep fried. I mean, how can you go wrong? It's amazing. My brother hates them. I love them. <laughs> got that a la carte and while we're at the mexican restaurant keanu you know white boy like myself you know dude speaks 
full on Spanish. You know we got the hookup. We got the good service. You know we did. Bust out that Spanish. I don't know who's I don't know who's fluent Spanish, but he is. He'll tell you why at some point. Because he was in a drug cartel? Maybe. No, he wasn't he was in a cartel of a different kind. <laughs> but uh he uh speaks some Spanish. So we had some had some dinner and then we went to that was fun actually. It was one of the first times I got to LA. We went to uh um El Compadre, and then went to the comedy store. You know, I had to go hit up the comedy spots. That's how me and Keanu met, was through the Hollywood Improv. We didn't go to the Hollywood Improv because I love it, but I'm not going to lie. Unless I'm not, if I'm not going up there, it's just not as fun as it used to be. It's not as fun of a hang. It's still as cool, but not as cool. Uh, I, I take, I mean, I did have some good times there. What am I talking about? I met some good people, had some good times at the bar there last trip, this, this Leishan trip, but just not like what it used to be, is all I'm saying. Um, so I was at the comedy store a bit more. Went to the store afterwards, saw a couple comics, saw my boy Dean Del Rey. Always great seeing seeing Dean. Hung out with him for a bit. He's on tour a lot with uh, shit. He's going on tour with Marcus Marcus King, I think the dude from Tennessee, that Nashville musician. He's a rocker, big comedy fan. They, they're going on through. They're doing a bunch of theaters all over. And I know he's popping in and out of the Bill Burr's tour. He's gonna be all over that. He's gonna be on a bunch of those shows. So check that out. Not that I not that they need help. <laughs> Bill, Bill Burr doesn't need my help promoting his shows, but uh, I am promoting Dean Del Rey on Bill's shows. Okay, that's that's where I come in. So, anyways, that was cool. We went to Milk Bar. Have you ever been to Milk Bar? Good, but I'm gonna shit on it real quick because here's why: it's fine, but it's just like trendy and overpriced. It's like they're not making, they're not doing anything in there. They're not making the cookies back. They don't walk in and smell like cookies. That shit was all delivered on a truck with a cool neon sign. In a trendy location in every city I go to. All right, not every city, but like New York, Chicago, LA. But it's fine. It's good. The little the little balls are good. But again, they're not making that shit. That's dropped off. At least the one in LA. There's no baking going on in that little shithole, little hole in the wall place. The crack pie is very good. It's basically a lemon chest pie. You know, it's insanely good. But I mean, seven dollars for a little <laughs> little. I can't. I don't know how big it is. Tiny little guy. Seven bucks. It's like fifty some for the whole pie, and the cakes are like seventy dollars. It's like, dude, you seventy dollars for a little? Come on. If you want a seventy dollar cake, go to Sweet Lady Jane on Melrose. Okay, real fat people in L.A. The real foodies, bougie foodies. You know what I'm talking about? You want to flex on somebody? You know, have a little birthday, a little whatever anniversary, wedding. Get a Sweet Lady Jane cake. Flex on them. My thirtieth birthday, I got a pie from there. Seventy dollar pie. Was it the best pie I've ever had? Up there. I would say it was. But the House of Pie, House of Pies in Los Feliz, just as good for $14. <laughs> Whatever. It's like 15 I don't know. Just as good. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we're just going to talk about food this week. I'm just going to talk. I haven't traded that much, so we're just going to talk about food, all right? So that's what that, that's what happens now when I don't trade. The, the, every week, the more I talk about food, that's how you, that's how you, that's indicative of how much I didn't trade. I'm talking about all the restaurants I went to because I'm not talking about the trades and the setups and why I took them. Now we're all we'll get to all that, but for now, you're just gonna learn about what I had on the road for a minute. Um, it was fun though. Keanu, he also came out to. I was in Palm Springs towards the end of the trip. He came out to that. Uh, on Palm Springs for like four or five days at a beautiful hotel, one of my favorites in the country, minus it being so damn hot. The Ritz Carlton in Palm Springs, overlooking the desert city. Uh, I love Palm Springs, mid-century modern, everywhere. It's awesome. I love it. It's just 110 degrees right now. 
LA was too hot. Palm Springs was too hot. Got out to upstate New York, a little better. Back in Michigan, it's chill right now. It's like 70. It's beautiful. And I go to Daytona Beach tomorrow, it'll be hot as F and humid. So it is what it is. But we had a good time. Kind of got to meet more of my, my homies out uh, in Palm Springs. So that was cool. It's always fun to, to uh We've had one of our friends, one of my friends, Lauren, who also trades. She's in the Keanu Trades group. She'll be on the Morning Voice every once in a while. She'd been in a, her Keanu and me had been in a group chat for over a year, and she'd never met Keanu until like last, two weeks ago or something. So that was cool. Kind of fun how that happens. That happens not a lot in the trading world though, like in FinTwit, right? We'll meet someone for years and like talk to them, and you won't really meet him, and all of a sudden it's like like there's a lot, a lot of the dudes in the Keanu Trades Discord. I think the only one I have met in person is Keanu. I don't think I've met any other ones. Talk to him every day, almost. Well, again, the last couple of weeks have been a little off. We'll get back to it. Still, I'm going to trade tomorrow morning, possibly, if I can. Uh, it, honestly, it all just comes down to when I can get my home. This, I'm learning this, too, and I, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but trading is like you have to be consistent, especially early on. If you're not doing your homework every night or every week, you know, doing your Sunday night research like I do with the, I do I trade price and the rake trades, weekly watch, with, watch list. Also, go through now learning about levels, going through my own charts and seeing where I can find some levels to trade from. So doing that, but uh, even not every night doing that. So if you're not prepared for the next day and going in blind, sometimes it's not worth it because you're just throwing darts, right? So that's a big part of why I haven't traded a ton. I did a little bit today, and it was the last couple of days have been choppy, except for today we had a nice little surge at the end. Of the, but even then, that got chopped you know, pretty big towards the end of the day. Um, so these last few days have been tough. There's not a lot of big news happening, so it's just been choppy, which is annoying. Um, you can still trade in those environments. You just got to switch up your strategy a little bit. You know, that's kind of when we switch to what we talk to the counter trades discord a lot, like these boba plays, just playing supply and demand, bo- the boba trading strategy, um, which I believe it's boba trader on Twitter. It's his thing. If you want the PDF, you can ask any of the, the guy, any of us on the counter trades discord. Ask me. Um, so, yeah, it's a great thing. It's again during choppy markets, that's a good one. You're just trading supply and demands. Again, you're not going to hit like massive hundreds, thousands of percent gains, but you're going to hit the twenties, the thirties, the forties. Oh damn! I'm outside and just watch the kid almost like sprint under the street. He's like two. Holy shit! <laughs> I also saw an Amish couple, a couple, whole huge family. Rode my bike down to Van Buren State Park, which is about six miles that away. Uh, beautiful park right on the water. And leaving it, I saw like, man, like 15, 20 Amish people. It's funny when you see them. You see them out like in the sticks uh, on like Ohio and Pennsylvania. You forget they exist, you know? And uh, every time I see them, I'm kind of envious of their life. Just like for a minute, you know, for a minute, you're kind of envious. And then you're like, all right, let me turn on my AirPods. <laughs> I'm like driving by the kids, like ch- with my phone, I'm, like ch- checking my phone, like changing the music on my headphones. And they're like, they have no idea what that shit is. They just, you know memorizing bible verses and churning butter all day simple life you know they seem happy uh but i digress um <laughs> uh but again talking about consistency more i talk i compare it to like trading to a lot of stuff but dude uh like i said i compare it to like comedy and to like going to the gym with, the, with like the consistency being so important but i would say even early on it's it this is the most important thing to be consistent with even more so than going to the gym doing stand-up this is insanely important to be consistent with to uh, to get better at it. And so that's why I, again, if I find myself not doing my due diligence, I'm not going to go force stuff. Um, so 
you kind of have to do that because uh, otherwise trading, dude, I, I forget who said it. I've heard it a couple times, but so I guess can't be credited to anyone. But if you're just making trades and hoping the market moves one way, like you're dead in the water. Like it's just, it's already over. It's not going to work. Um, so really doing your homework and being prepared for it because otherwise, nope, not worth it. Um, speaking of, I've been doing the uh, mastermind course. I don't want to call it a course, but it's like the mentorship with uh, Jake Ricci of Rake Trades. Amazing. We just finished it last week. Highly recommend it. Not that he needs my promo at all. That that uh, mentorship gets hundreds of applicants. They take a few, 40, 50 um, for each one. So if you are serious and can speak the lingo a little bit, I highly recommend that. I do think it's very good. I think Jake is an insanely good trader, especially. I mean, it's just like and he's in the time I've been in his premium discord and going through his stuff. It's just uh, it's quite impressive. His approach speaks my language, um, has a simple way of like breaking down levels because you know even today switching from this morning playing puts on amazon switching it to calls because that's what we were getting so being more reactionary uh that's something that he's very good at so a lot of a lot of people are because they're looking just for certain levels and they're just trading from those levels and like the, the ones everyone looks for like the pre-market high the pre-market lows those kind of things those are good but being able to like say okay i have this plan but if the market goes this way i can play a different defense if you will he kind of compares it again to basketball the triangle offense being reactionary love all that shit so and again i'm not trying to i don't want to i'm going through that course again it was like eight eight live sessions each one was a couple hours with tons of like extra trade reviews these extra slides that he puts in like these pdf slides um I mean, the course is almost two thousand dollars. I think the next time he's doing it, it's it's gonna be over two grand, like twenty five hundred. So it's it's not like a, a small thing. It's not like um, you know, it's it's something that you really have to like take this seriously a little bit if you're gonna throw that kind of money at it. But worth it, I feel. Again, I talk about like again, like the, the Bueller course. Bueller's course is what four hundred bucks. Again, it's you could look at that and say it's a lot of money, but worth every penny. Versus the courses I took for fifty that weren't worth a penny weren't worth anything spending 50 bucks on a course that's worth absolutely nothing so it's better to pay a little bit more for something that's worth a damn right <clears throat> um and i don't want to you know i'm definitely gonna I, I like trading with uh the rake trades approach from the mastermind where they just he doesn't use trend he doesn't use uh trend lines he uses trend analysis but not trend lines different where you're studying the trends seeing where things are going but not necessarily drawing lines and using trend lines because those can be so those can be really those can be really objective because you can kind of draw them wherever you want. You know, but if I can start at here, go to here. I can start at this candle, go to this candle. You can kind of move them around, so they're kind of a little uh, not as trustworthy, let's say. And so, but trading from levels with volume, that's where we're going. And I'm not going to go through like as I learn this stuff. I don't want to directly like repeat things that he's saying. I'm not trying to like give people a, a shortcut to a two thousand dollar course, but I do think there's a lot of value in what he's saying and how he's approaching it because it's different. Um, but again, very, very heavy on the, I don't want to say homework, but preparation. I don't want to say homework. It sounds bad, but you do have to do your preparation. You have to look for your levels, find your levels and, and see where you can trade, uh, how you can trade from those. So, um, all right, moving on. Someone sent me a message today. Uh, great comedian, by the way, sent me a message, um, who, saying he had a few extra bucks to, I don't want to drop his name, but had a, had a nice little chunk of money he wanted to invest. 
and uh, hit me up, said, hey, what, is there any episode of the podcast I should listen to in particular? Which there's not. There's not one episode where I'm like, buy this, buy this, buy this, or do this, do that. It's kind of just overall general stuff as people who listen to this. But I just want to kind of review what I was – simply what to people – I mean, if you're listening to this – at this point, if you're listening to this podcast, this particular episode, this far in, you, you probably know how to invest. But just a quick breakdown of uh, my beginner profile. I just told them, look, man, right now – Google, Apple, NVIDIA, Palo Alto Networks, or CrowdStrike. Again, I always say Palo Alto. It's the one I've been holding, but they're both fine. I've always said that. You can take one or the other. I like Palo Alto. It's been great, um, especially this last week with the earnings. I mean, jumped like, what, 12% yesterday, like 60 bucks a share, something stupid. Hey, it's the gift that keeps on giving. We love Palo Alto Networks. I bought that psh, sub 200. Now it's at 550, 560, whatever. It was at 640, I think, all-time high. So... Heading back that way. Cybersecurity is the move. Cybersecurity is like, dude, there's no such thing. Like, people don't do smash and grabs anymore. What are you going to do? Rob a cash register for 30 bucks, face 15 years? Stupid. The charge, even as a criminal, your, your risk reward's higher <laughs> on cyber attacks. If you can steal someone's credit card, it's less of an offense than armed fucking robbery. And you have a much higher chance of getting some actual cash. So, speaking of which, I've had like two credit cards stolen this summer. So, they're out there. They're doing it. So it's no wonder companies like Palo Alto or keep crushing it, keep doing better and better. Um, so yeah, have a cybersecurity portfolio, Apple, Google, NVIDIA. That's it. You can buy Tesla. Uh, I do think that their, their market share is going to be eaten at a little bit. You are seeing them though. And I've said this for years, looking at Tesla, like they're start, they continue to separate from the pack. Kind of this philosophy of saying like, there's no such thing as the next Apple. It's just Apple. There's no next Tesla. It's just Tesla. It's like a lot of these companies are having are struggling putting out EVs. Ford's struggling to do it. GM's struggling to do it. Rivian's putting them out, but they're ugly. Toyota had a slight issue with their recent release. Um, nothing major, but again, you're just showing how like Tesla's putting out a million vehicles a year. You know, and and don't get me wrong, they're not having they're not perfect vehicles, but they they have hit volume and they've hit their pro the profitability <clears throat> a lot quicker. Um, now, there's other companies that are going to be just fine. You know, I do think that companies like Toyota have the economies of scale and the infrastructure to switch over and survive. GM, I don't know. Ford, I don't know. I really I really don't. I'm not trying to be like a doomsday person here, but I just don't know if they do. Um, and, and all these Chinese EV stocks just kind of took a shit, you know? So it's like, is Lucid really a competitor? I don't think so. And, and, and Tesla stock splitting tomorrow. This is, I'm recording this on the 24th. This will be out tonight, barring anything going wrong with uploading this to YouTube and getting the audio for Anchor. But uh, this will be up tonight. So Tesla, as of tomorrow, the stock will split three to one. So everyone you own, you get three. Um, again, I love the stock splits. Makes the stock easier to buy, obviously. But again, I keep saying more and more. I like that. It makes the options easier. I don't trade Tesla options that much. If I don't think I ever have, actually, just on paper. I've never done them in my real account. Just because... Um, it's the con it's very volatile and the contracts are expensive and I don't want to risk it. I like would rather buy something. I'd rather focus on other like square. I haven't traded square that much recently. Uh, let's say like Amazon's a good one. Google, AMD, NVIDIA, those kind of things. You can still buy like cheaper, reasonable contracts with those tickers. They still move a lot and you can buy less. You can buy a cheaper contract price. You can buy more and scale in and scale out versus, you know, most Tesla contracts are, thousand dollars plus and so you're like ah shit 
can't buy can't buy six of those and not sweat it you know without scaling it out so a little different obviously a bigger accounts you can do that uh to where you're not sweating but it's like you know i just i don't i don't day trade with that kind of money at this point not yet we'll get there very soon but not yet scaling up appropriately i think is insanely important i think people get too ahead of themselves it's insane i made a post about trading options couple of weeks ago and how I, I put a little backseat to stand up for it and how I'm going to get back to doing that more in the fall. And like people kind of sent me messages being like, Oh man, I did options. And I, I, I just lost my, I did it for a couple months. And I just lost all this money. And they I mean tens of thousands of dollars. Some of these people were sending me and I'm like, wait, I mean, I've been doing options heavy for eight, nine months now. And uh, I still don't, I still don't do much more than a thousand dollars per contract or per trade, you know, 500 to a thousand, maybe even less, often less, you know, I'm just, you know, really trying to learn something here. So to see people who have spent that little time and spent that kind of money, you're like, oof. It's like, dude, don't, I, I always compare it to poker. Like, don't be like, all right, I've learned how to play Texas Hold'em. Give me 20 grand in chips. Let me go sit at the World Series of Poker table. What, out of your mind? Like, again, yeah, you might win a hand or two, but at the end of the day, chips are going to be gone. So uh, kind of fascinating to me, but Hey, it is what it is. I I I, I respect the uh, the oomph, you know. I respect the go getter in that person, but you gotta chill a little bit. You gotta chill. You know, take it one step at a time. There's actually some people that have been listening to the show that nicely have been doing that. I ran into a buddy of mine, and he was he was talking about he's been listening to this. He's like, yeah, I actually have uh, been trading like you said. Right? I just do like you know. Hundred dollar trades, two hundred dollar trades, and I'll make my thirty, forty bucks, and I'm happy for the day because I know if I do that every day or average that, I'm making a nice little extra side hustle here. And again, what's the overhead? The overhead's a Wi-Fi connection, a smartphone. If you, if you want two screens, you know, <laughs> I do like having at least my laptop and my phone. I do want more ideally when I move and and have more room to set up like an office. I'll actually set up a desk with like monitors. Nothing crazy, but at least like. You know, it wouldn't be hard to get two monitors or just have my laptop with two monitor extensions on it, maybe. Uh, I found some of those on Amazon. So maybe have that with my phone. That'd be enough. Because <clears throat> it's good to look on bigger time frames. I know it's another thing Rake Trades in that group they, they preach is, is looking at multiple time frames at, at the same time. Where you're looking at the weekly, the daily, like the five or the hourly, you know, multiple, or the 15 minute, the five minute. Um, using those bigger time frames to find your levels, find resistance and support, and then using your two and five minutes to find entries and exits for trades. Sounds easy, right? Sounds easy, but much, much more difficult. And it takes time. And I feel like the more you do it, obviously, the more you can snipe these things out. The more you can pick them out, like, all right, boom, 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 there's level, there's level, there's level. Um, and then, so that, again, this is why having a, a good charting software is, is, is important. I do know a lot of these think or swim and, and it does look great when I watch YouTube videos like I trade price love that YouTube channel does weekly reviews on Sunday night for free just great great resource check it out um, but the think or swim I can never get to work that smoothly they just make it look so seamless I can't even get my interface I, I, I don't like it I hate think or swim I'm a think or swim hater it's one of my hot takes as a trader same with like I don't trade spy I'm a spy hater a lot of people trade the spot. A lot of people trade spy ETF, the S and P 500. I don't. I don't like it. it. Doesn't move a lot. Yes, the contracts are cheap. I'm a spy hater. If you're gonna trade something, trade Q. From what I've noticed, a lot of the guys in the counter trades group do that a lot too. They trade Q like all day. Not a bad idea. I should look into that more. They're doing okay. 
especially on choppy days like this, just trade Q and just trade supply and demand. I should take my own advice sometimes, right? It's the benefit of doing things like this podcast, right? Is even if no one listens, which thankfully some people do, not a ton, but some people do. So even if no one listens, the benefit is I, I get better at doing this by talking about it, getting in my head, reiterating. Um, and then just I, every week I want to add value. I want to tell people something that's worth it. So I kind of got to be like, all right, what are you finding that's worth it? What are you finding to your adding to your arsenal, uh, you know, in your brain that could, that can be advantageous for the bigger group here. Um, what else do I want to talk about? I didn't take a ton of notes on stuff here today. Also, like markets have been kind of boring. Again, like I said, Palo Alto crushed it with net, with earnings. I've been saying that forever. Tesla stock split. Let's see. Let me pull up this real quick. It kind of just goes in waves. Where everyone's like, people are scared of recession, then they're not. I keep saying as we run to November, things are going to smooth out because they're going to need it to for the election. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see like kind of just some smoothness, rather relatively like some bullish action until the election, and then after that, we see things kind of go haywire for a while. We'll see. I mean, because if, if things don't, like if things don't get better as far as the green, I mean, gas prices have gotten cheaper. The markets have come back a little bit. That wasn't happening. I mean, the Democrats are already in deep shit as it is. You think, it, I mean, if things go any better, it's only going to get way, way worse. So uh, I like to play that 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 angle with it. Um, but let me see if there's anything in like my main stories here. Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. I did see that Amazon announced that, uh, well, here, first thing I see, Jim Cramer expects the June market lows to hold and mark the bottom. Well, now we know that we're going to be in for some shit because that's probably not going to be the case. For how long that guy was on Wall Street, the dude isn't right often. But that's why I think that he's just, I think he just helps his hedge fund buddies. I've always said that. I've always accused him of that where people are like, he says he's wrong all the time. It's like, yeah, dude, you think that he's not like feeding information like his hedge funds friends are telling him to say certain things. I wouldn't be surprised. The dude was on Wall Street for 30 some years. You don't think he still has got cronies being like, hey, man, say this on Mad Money or whatever. I would not be surprised at all. Um, what was I looking for in here? Uh, boom. I mean, NASDAQ still needs to get over 13,000 to really be considered bullish. S&P needs to go high. So we're still not out of the woods here. Things could go could go further down on a broader spectrum. But um, holding things okay for now, uh, this week was rough, obviously, but necessary. We kind of wanted a nice tear during July and into August. We kind of need to chill for a second. But at the same time, June June was bloody. So was April. So um, I'm trying to think of anything like big stuff saying here. Oh, Amazon! I know announced today that they're going to start selling uh, um, Peloton equipment. So Peloton went on a tear today. I wonder how much Peloton went up today. Let's see. Wait. Oh my! Peloton's thirteen dollars a share. Have I not looked at this in a while? I feel like I've made this point. I've had to have made this point before. This is crazy. I remember a buddy buying it at 100 and I told him not to touch it. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Peloton investors. Holy shit. Talk about a fall from grace. Um, I hope you don't have Peloton stocks. But they're starting to sell Peloton. Okay, so it went up $2.28 today. I mean, okay. Man, the headlines like it's Peloton surging to thirteen dollars. Ooh, and they have an empty space in Plano. There's so many like st- corporate pe- places in Plano, Texas. Mirror Band's just north of Dallas. It's like corporate land. It's like corporate Disneyland. <laughs> like so many big corporations up there have like their offices because you know Texas is. I will say Dallas is cool. I'm gonna be spending the entire month of uh, October in Dallas. 
well, not the entire month, but like the last week of September and the three weeks of October. So basically the whole month. Um, I would fly in early even to Texas, but I'm going to kind of be in Detroit before that for a while. So I kind of want to go to Detroit or Texas early. But again, I got to go to Detroit for like a week and a half before that. But um, why was I talking about Texas? Oh, yeah. Corporate Disneyland. You know, the taxes are cheap. No state income tax. It's good for the old corpse. Um, and it's like the suburbs are like catnip for rich, like corporate people. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Sound like an asshole. It's yuppies. There we go. It's a it's a catnip for corporate yuppies. You know, the, the Dallas Fort Worth metro area, suburban area, metro area, I should say, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's fun. I, I'm excited to be out there. Hopefully it's not too damn hot. That time of year, it's like still 50-50. The first week or week and a half will be 90, and then it kind of chills out. So I'm hoping it's like chilly the whole time. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Fingers crossed for that. But super excited to head to Texas for the month, see a lot of comedian friends. I'm going to try to do a show, a couple shows while I'm out there. We'll try to plan some shit. So um, we'll get that going. Um, I think that's all I got this week, though. I think it's all we got. Let's keep an eye on some stuff. Hey, markets can still go either way. That's my advice every week. Yeah, cover my ass. Can't go this way, can't go that way. Um, but as I get more into doing my own technical analysis, I might start moving these episodes, if I can, to Sunday night releases and just going over my uh, my weekly levels on Sundays and just talking about – it could do broad market analysis. I could do talk about my bullshit as I am, my regular investing stuff, regular investing advice, like general market stuff, but – uh, I might start doing that with the levels um, once I start getting more into doing my own technical analysis consistently like that. I might start doing more of the levels. So, all right, before we get out of here, remember this podcast is sponsored by the Counter Trades Discord. You get half off your first month. Put the link in the episode here. Uh, it's also on Twitter. You can find it. Just message me. I mean, if you don't get half off, you're an idiot at this point. All right, check it out. Uh, I know a few people messaged me. Uh, a few of my friends who I didn't know traded. I didn't know trade and trade, so that's cool. So hope we can get them in there. Uh, I'll try to be more regular on the morning voice now that I'm back on East Coast time zone. I should be. Even though I'm going to Daytona this weekend, I'll have time uh, at least for the next two mornings. Maybe not tomorrow. i got to travel tomorrow morning, but for sure Friday morning I'll be on, which is be good. I'm, I'm hoping – I think tomorrow and Friday are going to be some better days for, for trading because um, I think we're just going to have more volume, a little, little more cleaner moves tomorrow and Friday. We'll see. But I, I feel that. So, uh, all right. I think that's all we got this week. So, check out those links. We'll see you next week. All right.